This is episode one of Training with Krauser for EdTech Professional Development for July 2020. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of our course. So this is the audio introduction to our class for the rest of the month. Now, there is going to be video versions where I show actually what the syllabus looks like, where to find it, what Google Classroom that we're in, and and how to find that. But I also felt like having an audio-only version is going to be helpful, at least for some of you, because I know that for myself, I can't always keep YouTube open and pay attention to it at the same time because it's video-based. So if I'm cleaning around the house, if I'm going on a walk, I don't have YouTube on especially because you usually have to keep it open on your phone and it and it takes up more data. A podcast is usually what I would listen to or the radio or something like that. Plus, I know that audio is better for the car because you don't want to be playing a YouTube video while you're driving. So I felt like this would be a good space for that. Now, I am going to do this as frequently as I can in every single class or unit that we have. There will be some audio alternative It doesn't replace the videos per se because a lot of the times I'm doing tutorials. Now, you can kind of follow along with the audio, but it's much better if you see me do something. Like, let's just say I'm teaching you how to do something in Google Slides. Now, if I'm teaching you that and I'm showing it to you, it's much easier for you to do it yourself if you follow along visually. Now, with that being said... This audio is going to be helpful for many because I know that time is precious, and especially if you have kids or you have other things going on, you can't always sit down and watch videos as frequently as you'd want to. So hopefully this helps. Now, this course is going to give you the basic and what Google themselves call the fundamental knowledge of educational technology, specifically the G Suite, that's what Google calls its platforms. G Suite products for the classroom. Now, we are going to start on July 6th, and we are going to end it on July 31st. Now, that's flexible. If we end up finding that we need more classes, if we need more information, I'm more than willing to help you out individually, but that's kind of the plan. It's going to be from July 6th to July 31st, and I am going to post lessons every Monday morning by 8 a.m., and every Friday morning by 8 a.m. Now, you can do the lessons whenever you want. Let's say you miss a whole week, you forget about it, you go on vacation, that's fine. It's still going to be there for you. You could still go back. Now, it will be harder for me if you do one of those assignments and you do it late. It it might be hard for me to give you some feedback on it. But for the most part, all of this stuff is going to be self-checking anyway. The only time where you're actually going to need feedback from me is if you get stuck doing something when you're practicing one of the skills, when you're practicing doing something in one of these products, if you get stuck, then you could just contact me. And I'm going to give you my phone number. I'm going to give you all that, all the ways that you could contact me so that I could best help you. So again, this is really at your own pace. Even three weeks from now, if it's, let's say, July 17th, and you haven't done anything yet, and you want to go back and start it then, that is completely fine, and that's up to you. I do think, however... I do think that there is a benefit to doing it in order 
and to doing it with everybody else. Because if you guys are all doing it together and we have 20 some people that are signed up to do this, if you guys are on the same pace, you can help each other out. And that's going to be very helpful because there's going to be times where if you have a question and I know that one of you actually have the answer, I'm going to direct you to them instead of me just answering everything. Now, that saves me time, but I don't mind talking you through things, but I know that the best way to learn things is to teach it. So I know that you guys are capable and some of you have been doing a fantastic job since we went uh, all digital since March of learning some of these skills. And I know because I've been fielding some phone calls and they become less and less frequent and people are telling me that they're contacting others instead because you guys become the experts. And that's really the goal here. So this is going to be at your own pace, but I do recommend you trying to keep up with whatever you can, even if it's not you practicing everything, but you at least watching some of the stuff and, and logging in once or twice a week to the Google Classroom just to see. Now, this is for the ultimate goal of passing the Google Level 1 certification, but that's not all this class is for. There's so much more that this class can offer you, even if you don't take the exam. Now, I do recommend taking the exam because what's the harm? It is a three-hour exam. If you're good at what they're asking you to do, you could probably finish it in two hours. And it's, it's, it's at your leisure. You could schedule it pretty much whenever you want. And it's only $10. So really, there's no reason not to. It'll give you more confidence because you'll be able to say, well, I'm a Google Level 1 certified educator. Really, it's it's nice. You could put it on a resume. You could you don't want to want to hang it up, but you could put it in your email signature. It's nice to have that badge. It's nice to have that clout. But more than anything, it does give you confidence of knowing. Yeah, I I kind of know this Google stuff. I know the basics. I know the fundamentals. Quite honestly, I think that there's a handful of you that may be able to pass the exam right now. If you're pretty savvy with technology, if you know where to find answers, because it is open book, you can search things up while you take the exam, then you could probably do pretty well. Now, the exam does have multiple choice and matching questions, and that's more content specific, which we do go over. So we will discuss educational technology as a pedagogy. We will discuss technology within the classroom, and we will discuss the best apps for the best reasons. So there are some apps that are more conducive to do certain things, and that's what you're kind of tested on in the exam. Now, I can't give you a full-on cheat sheet for the exam because I did sign a non-disclosure with Google. It's something that they make you do with the exam, but I do know what the exam has on it. I just took it again a couple weeks ago to recertify. So I've taken it at this point two or three times over the last couple of years. Uh, and I was a Google certified trainer. My certification did just run out, but I'm in the process of just filing some paperwork to get that started again. So I do know this stuff. I know what kind of questions that they ask. And they give you training on their own websites as well. So you could go to the teacher center and that'll be linked in our syllabus and in other places as well. And you could do their trainings in addition to mine. So the exam does have multiple choice and matching, but the largest portion of it is what they call scenarios, where they give you a fictitious scenario to go through pretending that you're a teacher and you have to do some things. Now I'm being vague on purpose again, the non-disclosure, but they're going to ask you to do some stuff and they're recording what you do during the exam. So they'll ask you to 
do things in Google Slides. They'll ask you to do things in Google Classroom. They'll ask you to do things in all of these different G Suite apps. And it's very much tailored to teachers specifically. And all the scenarios have to do with you being a teacher. But this also helps personally. And again, if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're saying, I don't really know any of that stuff, that's what this course is for. You're going to do fine. This is all basic stuff. And for the most part, after knowing all of you, especially after the last three months, you guys are well equipped to adapt and overcome some of these challenges. So you will do great. That's kind of what this course is about. And that's kind of the end goal is to get you to pass the Google level one exam. And if you want, you could even try taking the exam right now and see if you even pass it. Or you can just wait. There's no harm. Again, it's 10 hours. It's a three-hour exam, so it is a bit of time. But it is a pretty good reward of having that confidence and knowing that you're going to be better prepared than you ever were to tackle whatever challenges come in September. So at this point, all of you should have been invited to a Google Classroom page that I created just for our trainings. If not, please reach out to me and I'm going to add you as soon as I can. It, it's really quick. Now, if you've never been invited to a Google Classroom before and maybe you're new to it, I know some of you might be, but a lot of you have already used it, you should have received an email invite. Now, if you didn't, again, or you can't find it, just reach out to me, send me an email or text message or whatever, and I could give you a code or I could just re-invite you, and then you'll be able to join. Now, we're going to utilize Google Classroom to communicate with each other and everybody in the class, that means. So you're going to have the ability to actually comment on things in the stream page, which is the first page when you log into Google Classroom. And so if you have any questions... I really hope that you use that space to uh, ask it because you might have other people who can actually answer you. So you don't have to necessarily just rely on me. If you can't find an answer yourself, you're struggling with something, you're struggling with how to do something, post it on the stream page and let's see if other people can answer. And if not, I'll certainly help you out and I'll answer it as well. Now, we're going to utilize Google Classroom to assign work and also collect work because at its core, that's what Google Classroom's for. It's just an organization system for a classroom. So the lessons are going to be there and anything that you guys are going to submit is going to be there. Now, again, there's no grades in this class. It's not like you're going to get kicked out or have a report card. I'm not going to send progress reports to your parents. It's really just practice assignments that I ask you to do something, to make some type of product. So, for example, if we are learning about Google Slides, I might actually show you a video in which I create lesson plans using Google Slides, and then I ask you to translate one of your already made lessons and create a few slides as if that is now going to be your lesson plan digitally. And you're going to go through and you're going to do it and you'll change the background colors and use shapes and different texts and all of that, which some of you might already be able to do, right? Because it's very similar to PowerPoint or maybe you're already using Google Slides and that's something that you're already good with. So 
if you are already good with it, then then maybe that's one that you skip because you're completely confident. Maybe you just watch the video and maybe you learn a couple new things, a couple new tricks that you didn't know that you could do. But if you're pretty confident with it, you don't necessarily have to submit anything. But for those of you that aren't, maybe you go through the practice and you do it and then you just submit it, especially if you have any questions. And I'll take a look at them and I'll see how you did and I can offer you some feedback and say, hey, have you considered this? And I even recommend sharing it with other people. You could even collaborate and do it with other people. But ultimately, that's what Google Classroom is going to be for. So it's your way of kind of practicing these skills and, and actually submitting something that you do. This isn't just going to be a passive class where I speak at you and hope that you retain some stuff. I really do hope that you participate and you practice some of these things, especially if it's something that you're not confident in doing, because this is the great space to do so. Now, with that being said, all of our lessons, yes, they're going to be in Google Classroom, but I'm going to be doing them through Google Slides, much like I did with my classes when we went digital in March. I have all of my lessons for every single class in Google Slides. And what that means is I put that Google Slide at the top of the classwork page within Google Classroom. So that's way you could easily access it by going to the classwork page. It'll be right up at the top all the time. It'll be labeled as our slide deck. And you click on that and you have access to view all the slides. Now, every time we have a new class, every Monday morning and Friday morning, I will post the newest slides up at the top of that slide deck. Again, it's just one slideshow the entire time. I'm not going to make 10, 15, 20 different slideshows with, with each different topic. Instead, I'm just going to have one slide deck and I'm just going to import all of the newest slides up at the top of that. It's much easier to navigate that way. And I'll give you an example. And this is something that I'll show you guys later in the course as well. When I did my lesson plans through Google Slides while we were doing remote learning, I used one slide deck because I knew that my students would have difficulty finding all the different slide decks if I did one for each lesson or each unit. So at the end of the year, after three months of distance learning, I had about, let's say, 168 to 170 slides in one slideshow. Now, that's overwhelming, but it didn't start off that way. It started off with the initial five or six for lesson one. And then when lesson two came, I now had 10 or 11 slides because I put those ones up at the top. So it builds upon itself. It's kind of like a snowball effect here with lessons, but it's all in one spot for you to see. Now, I'm going to embed our video straight there. That way, you don't have to go to YouTube each time and search for the right video. I don't have to link everything. It's just going to be right in the slideshow, and you can move through it at your own pace. But it's still going to be one slide deck the whole time with the newest ones up at the top. Now, again, Google Classroom is going to have that. Google Classroom is where I actually assign the work and say, hey, submit this, and then that's where you submit it. But you're going to know to submit something through the Google Slides. And I promise this will make much more sense when you actually see it and you'll get used to it. My students were able to do it. When I sent out surveys to some of my students, they all said that my class was pretty well organized because of this. And when I show you a sample of one of my Google Slides, you will see that when I first started, it was just okay. And then 
as we went on, I progressed through and I got a little bit more organized and my slides became a little bit better. So that is how we're going to be doing this class. It's through Google Classroom and everything that you need is going to be right there, but it will link to our Google slide deck, which is basically like a PowerPoint if you're not familiar with it, which will have slides of our lessons. So it'll be lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, and you'll move through those slides and you'll see, okay, that slide for lesson one has a video of uh, me going through educational technology or me going through Google Classroom. Then slide two might have your task and tell you what to do for it. So that's kind of what you can expect. Now, no introduction to a course would be complete without going over a syllabus, and this is something that's going to be in Google Classroom as well, but I do just want to discuss it briefly, because if you go to our syllabus on Google Classroom, you're going to see the dates in which we're going to have our quote-unquote lessons every Monday morning and Friday morning, and you'll also see my contact information with my phone number, so feel free to text me is the best, but uh, even text me to set up a, a, a call or a video chat or whatever, or you can email me as well. Now, our objectives, I kept kind of small because if I really wanted to, I could come up with like 20 to 30 different objectives that you might get out of this course because we're talking about a bunch of different programs and apps that we're going to be learning along with content knowledge and pedagogy. So there's a lot. Now, I dwindled it down to five that I think is the, is the most specific, even though they're a little bit general. So it, you have utilized G Suite apps in the classroom. So at the end of this course, hopefully you've learned how to use every single one of these apps, Google Slides, Google Classroom, Google Sheets, uh, Google Keep, all of these different apps that we'll cover, you should be able to use in the classroom. Now, it doesn't mean that you will use all of them because I don't use all of them but it means that you can. In addition, another objective is to be more efficient with G Suite, which are all the apps, in a professional and personal setting. So that's things like organizing your Google Drive. The third objective is to offer targeted digital feedback to students. That is one of the big things that Google really focuses on for their exams and just for their teachers that are certified educators. They know that technology has the power to offer more efficient and even more in terms of quantity feedback for students. And this could be in the form of giving video feedback. This could be in the form of having some Google Forms made where they're online quizzes that grade it for you and give those students direct feedback immediately. No more waiting for you to grade something days later for them to kind of understand what they got right and wrong. Now, the fourth objective is to just increase the means of communication with students and parents. Some of G Suite apps you're already familiar with, like Gmail. It's just email, but we are going to learn some ways to be more efficient with Gmail and leverage some add-ons and some new uh, updates to it to help you communicate more with parents and even your students. And then lastly, you should be able to use technology more comfortably within the classroom. Technology is something that a lot of teachers feel like if they're if they've been teaching for a long time and they don't really use much technology they think oh well you know i'm pretty good without it and those that are newer might use too much technology 
right? We don't want to use technology for technology's sake. We always want to have a purpose for what we're doing. So hopefully during this course, you examine your own practices and maybe you realize, yeah, you know what? You use a lot of Kahoot, but it's really more of busy work or more of a way to waste time in a classroom and kind of fill up the space than it is to offer targeted feedback for students. And in contrast, maybe you're a teacher that doesn't really use technology at all. And maybe you want to examine whether or not you can do things more efficiently and whether or not you'd be a more uh, efficient and more productive teacher and be better in communicating with your students if you picked up some of these things. Now, like always, this does have to do with the Google Level 1 certification. I said that right at the beginning. And many of you indicated to me that you want to try to take the exam and become Google Level 1 certified. Great. Now, you don't have to. It's not a requirement. You're still going to learn things without it. But I do recommend it. And I, I, I would say I actually strongly recommend it. Because the level one exam reflects your basic knowledge of G Suite apps and your ability to utilize them in the classroom. Now, like I said previously as well, a lot of you already possess the skills and knowledge necessary to pass the exam, but there's always more to be learned. And this could be a good refresher for you as well. Some of you indicated that you are very confident in a lot of these apps. Great. Some of you indicated that you weren't. So there's a mixed level of comfort for educational technology. Now, I already went over a little bit of how this course will work, but the syllabus does list that out as well, and you can read that on your own time. But I do want to draw your attention to the fact that I will offer some live on-demand sessions if needed. So there was, I want to say about three or four of you that preferred to do live video chats to pre-recorded lessons. Now, that's a small minority. Now, if you find that you are struggling with something and you want a more hands-on approach and you want something more on-demand, I am more than willing to set that up and I'll offer it to others as well. And if others can join, great. So just reach out to me and that'll be more on a like as-needed basis than something that's scheduled each week, which I think will work better for all of this anyway because... I don't want to schedule something out in my own day and then find out nobody could actually come. So if you have a question and you want to do a video chat, I'm more than willing to do that with you, even to go through some of the quote unquote homework that I give you. Now, also on the syllabus, you'll see that there's some requirements. This is usually where teachers and professors would give textbooks. You don't have to get anything for this class. All you need is internet access and a computer or device to practice on. And again, technically, you don't even have to practice, but I don't recommend that. I think that you're going to do much better if you practice everything, even if you already know how to do it, practice everything that we talk about. So if I talk about how to set up a Google Classroom and I want you to do it, just go ahead and do it. If I talk to you about how to create some Google Slides, then create it, right? Or go the extra mile and look up different YouTube videos and look up some advanced features and then also help others in the class. So those are the only requirements. Uh, now, with that being said, I do list a bunch of helpful resources in the syllabus. And there's a lot I want to say. I have maybe roughly 10 hyperlinks there. And a hyperlink is essentially text that is linked. So 
If you'll see it's in blue, if you click on it, it'll bring you to that website that I'm talking about or the podcast that I mentioned. That's what a hyperlink is. It does come in later on for the course and the level one exam sometimes asks about hyperlinks. Now, instead of going through each one, because again, you could read it, my top three favorites out of that list are number one, the House of EdTech podcast. This is by a guy named Chris Nessie. He is a history teacher at the high school level in, I believe, New Brunswick, actually. So he is from New Jersey. Uh, I've met him a couple of times at different conferences for educational technology. He's a very nice guy, and he loves podcasts, and he does an excellent job with his own. And as you can imagine, with a name like House of EdTech, he talks about EdTech. Now, his topics range from Google stuff to other apps, sometimes for elementary school, sometimes for middle, sometimes for high school. Some of his episodes, he he goes off and he kind of talks about social media instead. So there's a lot of different things that he talks about on his podcast. You can listen to him on his website, chrisnessy.com, or you can anywhere you find a podcast, you could find him. Just type in the House of Ed, Ed Tech. That could be iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And that goes for any of these podcasts. Now, secondly, of my top three favorites out of my helpful resources I gave is Alice Keeler. Now, she is a, I I believe she still is a math teacher, but she's also an educational consultant, usually with Google Apps and EdTech. She has a lot of helpful stuff on her website, alicekeeler.com, in regards to training on Google, in regards to Google Classroom as well. Some of what she talks about, sometimes I disagree in terms of her organization of classes and what she wants people to do and not do, but they're minor disagreements and she has very helpful information. And if you have a Twitter account, you could follow her on Twitter and she posts a lot of this helpful stuff as well. Same thing with Chris Nessie for the house at tech. He's also on Twitter. Now that's my second favorite. Now, lastly for my top three, I would say the cult of pedagogy podcast is my third favorite. Um, This is an English teacher who I don't believe is in the classroom anymore. She's more of a consultant now, but her website, you may have even come across it before when looking up stuff. It is a very highly trafficked teaching website. Great information. Now, her podcast is not all about educational technology, but she does have some episodes on it. So you might want to search her website and see things for that reason. Um, Sometimes she talks specifically about different grades, sometimes specifically about different subjects, Sometimes she does different strategies for the classroom. Some some of that includes technology, some of it doesn't. But that, that's my top three favorite resources that are on the syllabus. Now, as we wrap things up, I do just want to briefly mention that I, I am excited to work with all of you, and I hope that every single one of you get at least something out of this course. This this is this is a difficult course to kind of frame because everybody's at different needs. And so some of you are going to be much more advanced than others. Some of you were kind of brand new to technology in terms of Google programs for the classroom when we went digitally. So you might be a little bit behind than say somebody who's already been using something in the classroom. But this is where we could kind of come together as a community and help each other out as well. And again, support the other people in the class and help them. If you see them asking a question, maybe you answer it because I'm not the only one with the answers. 
In fact, many of you are going to start becoming better at some of this stuff than I am because it just takes time. All of us are able to learn this material and implement it and see what works for us and what doesn't. There's going to be some things that you learn that you never want to implement in your classroom, and that's fine. And there's going to be other things that you want to alter and say, you know what, I can kind of do this. And it it's just sparks some ideas in your in your head. And that's where really what I loved the most uh, when we first went to remote teaching is after I gave just one training on things like Google Sites and Google Classroom and, and gave some YouTube videos out there, a lot of you just started coming up with your own ideas based off of that. And so that's really where we become a community of professionals because that's what we all are. So this is the best way to do professional development as well. I could give a framework. You guys have to run with it. And just like with most most things like learning a language, I really do think that immersion is the best way to do this, which is why I really hope that you don't just take an hour a week to learn this stuff, but that you commit yourself over the summer to not only pass the exam and not only learn this stuff and take this course, but maybe in some of your spare time or when you're out on a walk, you download some of those helpful podcasts that I talked about and you listen to an episode or two. You take some time when you're scrolling on the internet to read a couple articles from those websites. Maybe you even purchase a book and you read that uh, when you're on the beach. So it's things like that can really immerse you into educational technology and it'll make you more comfortable and it'll also make you a better servant for your other teachers as well. So I'm excited for this course. This is just the introduction to it. But I will say that the last thing that's on the syllabus is a tentative schedule of our classes. And you'll see that it's not complete because I don't want to add more goals and objectives until we get to that point. So this is a live document. And what that means is it will be constantly updated. But what I do have is the first week, the first two units, really, uh, of our class. And July 6th, we're going to start off with an introduction to EdTech where we're going to describe and analyze benefits of using technology in the classroom because the level one exam does ask questions about that, just generic technology use of why use technology in the classroom. Um, we're going to be able to explain how technology, especially G Suite apps, can help our teaching right now. We need to be able to not just store this knowledge uh, for us in the future that we may or may not use, but Hopefully, there's some things that we can use immediately. And then we're also going to be able to identify what tools offer what and, and what can be the most helpful for us given a certain objective. So if we want to do something specific in our class, whether it uh, be with assessment or communication, we should be able to identify what G Suite apps help us the best. And then July 10th, Friday, is going to be where we start with our first G Suite app, which is actually Google Drive. And in talking with a lot of you, some of you use Google Drive. Some of you don't really even know what Google Drive is for the most part. So we're really going to go into the basics of that. And I would imagine that there's a couple of you that don't really need that lesson but you'll still learn a couple new things. I always try to drop in some advanced features as well. And there's others of you that might be pleasantly surprised at how much Google Drive can do because it really is the parent category for all other apps. It is the head honcho to all other G Suite apps. Google Drive runs it all. If you didn't know that, that's the ultimate hub. 
there's actually Google Docs and Google Slides and Google Classroom and all those other ones are subservient to Google Drive. Nothing's ever created just in Google Docs. It's actually created through Google Drive, and it's just a shortcut to being Google Docs. So we'll talk about that as well, and then we'll move on to uh, communication within G Suite apps, efficiency and management, classroom life, how to actually run a classroom, how to have engaging lessons, all of that stuff, how to assess students online through G Suite apps, and then also some online life with making better searches, even teaching our students how to be better researchers online, how to find reputable websites, stuff like that, all using different G Suite apps. So I'm looking forward to the next handful of weeks working. And again, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you think that there's something that I should cover that I didn't, if you think there's something that I completely botched in explaining, please tell me because I can always record something new. I can always put up information to help others. And that's really how this class should go. It should be constant feedback from each other in order to make this a truly professional learning environment for all of us so that everybody could get something out of it. So I I look forward to working with you all and I hope that you guys are excited. And the good news about doing this asynchronously, much like our lessons with our students, is you don't have to listen to everything at once. As you know, this introduction was somewhat lengthy and I'm not too concerned about it. I would be Otherwise, because attention spans are low, but I'm hoping that maybe you listen to 10 minutes, you pause it, and then you come back to it later on. And you could re-listen to things, and you could fast forward through things, you could speed up voices, you could do all that. So I'm not too worried about the length of it per se. But, you know, gear up, get ready to immerse yourself in the rest of educational technology, because the next four or five weeks... That's what we're going to be eating, sleeping, and breathing. So in closing, I just want to reiterate, if you have not received the Google Classroom invitation to our class, please shoot me a text message or email, and I will rectify that because you should have. I sent invites out and... When you log into Google Classroom, don't be concerned if you don't see anything right away, because again, I'm inviting you guys on July 2nd, but our class is actually starting July 6th. So check, make sure that you got an email. All you have to do is hit invite. If not, reach out to me and I'll fix it and I'll be seeing you guys online.